Robot birds that 3D print new wild habitats. Submarines in the sewers that filter our dirty water. Maybe flying bikes launched into the air on waste heat thermals funneled off buildings. Those are just a few of the bonkers ideas Steve Mushin elaborates on in his first picture book. The book is called Ultra Wild, an audacious plan to rewild every city on Earth. Mushin's ideas have been brainstormed with engineers and scientists, and the book was released in November by Alan and Unwin. Steve is also an industrial designer. He designs exhibitions and adventure spaces. His uh, playground sculpture park projects like Terra Wonder and Wumbalama Wild Garden in Melbourne feature colossal mechanical creatures, even a, a bus-sized millipede. And these days, Steve works between both Melbourne and Wellington, and he joins us now. Kia ora, Steve. Kia ora, Mark. Um, hundreds of inventions. Hundreds. Uh, a, a little over 100. A little over 100? Yeah. Well, I'd like you to describe just one of your ideas to give people a sense of their kind of ludicrous extension of the world, but that make lots of sense in some ways. The mechanism uh, megafauna, the megafauna, the mechanism megafauna project, it involves compost cannons. Mechanical megafauna? Yeah, that's the one. Mechanical megafauna. <laughs> compost cannons, mega-sized walking toilets. Yes, can you can you can you tell us about this idea? Yeah, um, a lot of the ideas in this book spun out of research work that I was involved with in Melbourne, looking at a suite of different technologies that we would need for a zero emissions world. And one of the this was at Ceres Environment Park, which is uh, in Melbourne. Be- I've been in there. Melbourne. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful, beautiful place. space, community run, uh, innovative, full of life, and it began 30-odd years ago mm. as uh, with, with the goal of demonstrating new ideas of how we could transform um, urban centres. And, and, and I think it's a little pocket of rewilding right there in Melbourne. Anyway, they got a huge amount of money to develop and demonstrate a bunch of technologies. And I was one of the designers there. I was one of the project managers. And there were a whole bunch of us designers, engineers, uh, biologists, citizen scientists, people just keen to test out ideas. And one thing that had been going on for quite a while on that site was research into composting. Um, worm farms, traditional composting, etc. And we had a whole bunch of projects looking at composting toilets. And I had some kind of spin-off projects, some wacky ideas that came out of that whole investigation. And that's really the genesis of this book, is that I was working on real-world projects, sustainability projects, and bit by bit I started developing funny little sketches in the margins, and that developed over time and became this (laughs) book. And so... Composting is really, it's something, it's a no-brainer. I mean, we, we, you know, we currently have a system, our our, our waste disposal system is completely ludicrous. You know, it it was brilliant when it was conceived, but now I think... So you do your business, it goes down a pipe and it goes, shoots off somewhere entirely different. We we use a vast amount of of beautiful fresh water. And then we try and get rid of it. To get rid of something that's actually a valuable (laughs) resource. Yeah, which which we need in our environments if we're to rewild, if we're to uh, transform cities. So... So a compost cannon is one of the technologies in Ultra Wild. It's a it's a it's not a toilet. It's a system which sorry um, <laughs> is, a, is effectively a toilet. 
It is a system which collects your valuable nutrients, humanure, as it's described uh. by, um, by, by poo experts, and, and uses some of that to create um, compost cannonballs and uses some of the waste to produce a gas that is then used to propel the compost cannonballs, all GPS-guided systems, and to launch uh, these, these balls and, and drop them in the urban environment where we need some, some nutrients, some composting. Well, most people would say that sounds horrible. Like, watch out. <laughs> I mean, what is being poo. blasted through the air is not poo. It's compost. It, it's beautiful, uh, yeah. rich soil. Right? <laughs> it, 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 the, these are machines. So, so the, the book begins with an exploration of just how much land we could liberate in cities to to reforest, to rewild, to ultra-wild. So the, and that land is what? Roads? Or, that or land a lot is of... road space. Is, is space used by cars, parking spaces, road spaces, all kinds of other roofs. abandoned roofs. Um, yeah areas that are not particularly well used in cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, the book is full of these kind of absolutely, you know, crazy, crazy ideas that take this to a, a really uh, ludicrous way. I mean, you talk about uh, a, a, a phrase you use, ludicrous ideas are a boot camp for brains. Yeah. So the, there's a seriousness to this in terms of the fact that we kind of, well, historically, we have relied on our artists to... Leonardo da Vinci, for example, for one, to come up with ideas that seem beyond reality yeah. at the moment, but will. Yeah, and look, uh, we, you know, we, need, we all know that we need to transform our world incredibly fast. In the face of climate change and biodiversity crisis, we need to transform everything about cities. How we live, the way we generate electricity, the way we move about, um, how we look after other species. And Ultra Wild is a book about transforming cities into spaces for all species. And one thing that has fascinated me for a long time is that research, brain science, suggests that being playful with ideas, pushing yeah. ideas in your mind, so taking an idea, playing around with it, doing back-of-napkin calculations, um, being as playful as possible with that idea, being ludicrous with that idea, is, is a kind of a mental yoga for creativity. So I begin this book by, by talking about how I think in order to transform our world as fast as we need to, we need to, we need to embrace ludicrous ideas. We need to, as both a kind of, as an exercise for ourselves um, and, and, and to push our creative thinking so that we can rapidly transform cities, so we can find the ideas that we need for change. It's a little bit like how nature works, isn't it? I mean, the, you know, you the, the seeds are thrown out and only a few actually land and, and grow in a sense, you know, that we yeah. need a, a yeah, volume yeah. of ideas yes. to come up with the ones, you know, like some of these 100 plus inventions, a lot of them are just ridiculous, yeah. but there will be ideas in there that will come yeah. to fruition. That's right. And, and look, it's a process that all artists and creatives and designers and engineers go through. You know, we, have, we do back of napkin calculations, we do thumbnail sketches, we scribble ideas. But I think it's something thing that I, I feel like a lot of people don't realize that it's how creativity works. A lot of people think that a, 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 an engineer or a, or a designer will just have an idea and then sort of detail it. But in actual fact, there's this, there's this process of just creating, of ideating. And I think it's so fun and joyful and, and necessary. It's what I teach. I go out to schools and I teach uh, ideation, creative thinking, and I, one of the first things we do is thumbnail sketches. It's yeah. timed, it's high stress, you have a page, you have to fill it with ideas, you have a minute or 30 seconds or four minutes to, to get down an idea and then to move on. And it's so important and it's so fun and I think it's utterly essential. Your book as a creative exercise feels 
like ideation, right? There's a kind mm. of almost stream of consciousness of this yeah. idea leads to this idea yes. to this, but maybe an oh oh, this isn't working. I have to go here. Yes, that that's. I mean, that is the book has developed organically in that way. So the the narrative that you read is is, a, is effectively my process of, of of sitting down and trying to work out how we could rewild cities. This is something I really thought about as as, as a graphic book, as a sort of a graphic novel, or as a work that or a non fiction book in pictures. I can't imagine this book having any near the reach if it was a a written but just words. Mm. The, you know the the power of the pencil, the mm. drawing mm. feels like mm. a a really important aspect of 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 this work yeah yeah i mean it's just my medium i guess I've were you always, always a, were you always a drawer i mean were you an artist yeah. first before you were do you think as i a, or have a always first? drawn since a very young age i've always doodled and and drawn and more to, more to try and figure things out than 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 to create art so i've always been a, a kind of a kid that you know has invented things i i i just like playing around with ideas and drawing is just a easiest and fastest way for me to, to tease ideas out. Mm. Do, do you ever get to a point of kind of despair at the futility of, of what we're doing? There's a point in the book where the pages go from white to black and you, you kind of, you hit a wall it seems in a mm, sense because you mm. realise just how badly we're treating yeah, the environment, yeah. just how many species are going, how much rainforest is, is going every day that, mm. you know, that this this tide mm. is so hard to pull back. Yeah, Did, yeah. Was there was that a point that you reached for yourself with this work, yes. where you just kind of go, "What am I doing?" Yeah. Look, that 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 kind of innermost cave section of the book is is very real. It's it's exactly how I felt. Um, this was in 2019 or so. I was in Melbourne. Um, you know, the sky was was blackened out with yeah. with, with, with with smoke. Um, it was you know, I remember one day on. Uh, one day during that time, and it was it was in the forties. Um, you know, there I was in a in a in an artist studio trying to finish this book. Um, it was probably fifty degrees inside the studio. That the air was thick with smoke, even inside. And uh, yeah, certainly then and other times during the book. I mean, the book's taken me s- seven years, so that I've been working on it for a long time. And there has been there have been many times where I've I felt overwhelmed. Um, but but. I mean, rewilding as a concept has carried me through. It's such a powerful and uplifting and inspiring philosophy. And and this, the more I've learned about projects that are going on around the world, the more I've I've become convinced that it it really is one of the one of the best things we can possibly do. It's simple. Anyone can get involved. It's incredibly powerful in terms of carbon sequestration and and ecosystem restoration it's fun yeah um, yeah just I mean just in the just recently we've been hearing news reports about um, people graffiti artists overtaking huge towers in LA and and paragliding off them and this kind of sense of I don't know it feels very real other other particular cities in the world do you think that are really doing rewilding well are there really great examples we can follow yeah, I mean, look, I think we're sitting in one of the leading rewilding cities. Hornaky, Wellington. Um, yeah. So, really? look, it's it's funny. I, I oh, you're wearing a Zealandia. Cap. I am. I'm you, a you huge, see huge it, guys, fan but... of Zealandia. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Zealandia has been obviously a huge part of of what's going on here uh, in Wellington. Um, I mean, for those 
who have grown up in, in Wally, we, we've seen over the last 20 or 30 years that, that change, or 20 years since Zealandia started. So this you is know, for the, people who don't know Zealandia, a giant forest sanctuary for birds in the central city in, in Karori. And um, the bird life has yeah, multiplied yeah. outside it, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that, that sanctuary, with, you know, it has a predator-proof fence all around it. That has had, had what they, they call the, the halo effects around Wellington, which has been that the, 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 the streets of Wellington are now filled with kaka and kereru and piwakawaka and tui and, and, and many birds that we simply never saw growing up here. Um, and, and that is rewilding. And it's, it's not, interestingly, we don't use that term in mm. this country much. It's, it's very much, it's used in North America and in Europe a lot. Um, it, over here, we don't use it much. And, but I think it absolutely applies to what we're doing. And I think we are doing it so well. You know, the, the, the scale of ambition of the, of the Predator Free 2050 project is just incredible. And in fact, I, I wrote the last um, probably third of the book here in Wellington. So I returned from Oz and there was a funny moment where, um, so, so in the book, each chapter ends with a, with, a, with a reveal, so a double-page spread showing one city in the world, a major city in the world, uh, rewilded at various stages of rewilding. So there's Paris and there's London and um, you know, there's, there, there's Beijing and Tokyo. And there was a moment where I was, um, I was in, in, the, in Wellington. I was walking around the town belt above Kilburnie and I was trying to work out what I would, what city I would use for the last reveal. You know, it had to be a great city. It had to, huh. it had to be. Oh, I really needed to be the best. You know, this was the grand finale. I needed to be a city with, with dramatic city with mountains and with water and density and 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 bush. And and I sort of thought, hang on, I stopped. I live in that city. <laughs> you know, Wellington really is. It, it, it has to be the most ultra wilded city on earth. Wow, it's lovely to hear you say that after all your time in Australia where we know like places like Ceres are doing amazing work. I understand you're an old boy at Wellington College and you won a Young Designers Award for a dinosaur bath toy <laughs> back in the 90s. <laughs> wow, we have our sources. But yeah. what a lovely journey for you to be back here having yeah. started. As a, yeah. So you were, you were really into design even at school? So I was, yeah. So I was obsessed with design and art. That I lived in the in the um, technology block and in the art room. And um, and and when, you know when I the, the, this book really it's written for me as a kid and, and other kids who who you know who are who are like me. Um, so I, I do a lot of teaching in schools and and I and I'll go into a, in a class of thirty kids and I'll talk to them about compost cannons and three D printing birds and sewer submarines and all the rest. It's a book for nerdy engineeringly engineering <laughs> stem you know kids kids that just like creating things and who have always had that bug but your I mean your background isn't just in books at all this is your first book it's actually been in the real life engineering stuff yeah. so I understand you've yeah. done some of these ideas and sort of demonstration have come through an adventure playground yes. in Australia yes yeah bus sized millipedes I yes. think yes yeah yeah um, yeah. So again, with a the, a young focus, um, mm. are you hoping to carry on with that kind of that work now you're back in New Zealand? Yeah, so I tend to divide my time between drawing, between design, which is often at a landscape level, so adventure playgrounds and often science-based land, landscape spaces, and then uh, teaching, working working with schools. I do a bit of teaching at Zealandia. Um, I, I, I have spent a lot of time in my studio over the last number of years. So I'm now getting out amongst the hills and, yeah, working with people and, and really enjoying that. Well, it's great to have you back. 
to add to the seed bombing that's going on out there. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us, Steve, and congratulations on your wonderful book. Thanks so much, Mark.